Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. I am David Reed, and this man about to speak is Marek Larwood. Hello, Marek. I wanted to ruin your introduction. Why was that? Why is that your instinct? I'm bully. <laughs> oh, see. Oh, yeah. I am bully. I didn't know that about you. How long have we been doing this? I didn't know that about you. You must have. You do. You're being sarcastic, aren't you? <laughs> well, well, film lovers and people who are listening to this by mistake, welcome to another show. This, this we, we thought we'd do something different. Yeah, we, um, instead of banging on about cinema like we do all the time, uh, we were going to talk about some of the films available to you on streaming services. Yeah, we thought we'd do a Netflix special because, oh, is that what you're doing? Are you doing yeah, that? Netflix. Because everyone talks about, everyone's got a Netflix, everyone, you watch it and it's, it's become almost a joke that no one knows what to watch. Also, the algorithms mean that a lot of the time you don't actually know what is on its full catalogue you watch one bad film and then because you watch it just keeps sh- telling you to watch because Doom. you watch Shitmongers 3 you've just got to watch Doom you want to watch Doom again mate with the rock in it you love Doom and then that's all you. it's all it suggests just constant Doom well there are a lot of great films other than Blue is the Warmest Colour that I always watch so for example I'll quickly list off a few that are on there at the moment yeah uh, you, uh, our listeners have probably Scene, but if you haven't, you must watch them. Old classics and well-known films. Fargo, Harold and Maud. Yeah. Eternal, Sun- Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Great. Blue Ruin, I've not that before. Yeah. Foreign film, Headhunters. Tremors, classic Kevin Bacon film. I have not seen Tremors in forever. What? I've seen it. I've seen it's it, on there. Yeah, thought, yeah, yeah. Every time I watch Tremors, I think that's a great film. Yeah, yeah. Super 8, I loved. Upstream Cub, we talked about before, it was a really weird Shane Carruth one you wouldn't maybe watch normally, but that's on there. Yeah. Um, American World for London, one of the greatest films of all time. Yes. The Omen, if you like horror. Cinema Paradiso, if you haven't seen that. I've still not seen it, you oh. know. It's one of those that everyone says, and then I just go, mm, little boy. And then... Oh, it's just beautiful. Um, Populare, which is a really good film, French film about typewriting I talked about ages ago. Yeah. Step Brothers, really funny comedy. Brilliant film, so underrated. Step Brothers, genuinely one funny. One of my favourites. Yeah. One of my favourites. What's his name? Um, uh, which one? John C. Riley. Yeah, or? amazing. Brilliant. The two of them, though, it's it's a revelation of the two of them together. That John C. Riley, traditionally, sort of uh, b- uh, before all of this stuff, he was like a serious actor but he can totally hold his own being as funny as Will Ferrell they were fantastic double actors he does a lot of Tim and Eric stuff doesn't he yeah he does 
And also, of course, it wouldn't be Netflix without having some of the worst films of all time. Of course, some of the bargain bin stuff. Well, not even that. Paul Blart's Small Cup. Yeah, I've not seen it. I can't possibly. It would be based purely on Kevin James' prejudice. I saw it on a flight. That doesn't really do any film justice. No, we but talked about that the, recently, the, didn't we? The, yeah. The tiny screen and the uh, tinny headphones doesn't actually do any film. Anything. Draft Day, which I reviewed on the show. Oh, yeah, the worst. incredibly boring film. And Francis Ha, which, if any film makes you want to punch your television screen until both your fists are... <laughs> A bloody pulp. What is Francis Hart? It's a black and white arty film Who's about the it? most annoying, even more annoying than the one who was in like Junebug and stuff. The, June, the, the awful. Re- oh, do you not like Ellen Juno. Page? Even You're more an annoying than Juno. Have you seen which um, is impossible? Hard Candy. Yeah, I've seen that. That's yeah, a good film. That's all right, but in Juno, she's. I thought that you can never get more annoying than that. Well, apparently, you can. <laughs> in Francis Hart. She plays this girl who wants to be an actress and a dance or a dancer or something. Greta Gerwig. Yeah, plays I Francis. watched thirty minutes of it and I hated it. And yeah. I've played with other people who think it's total. I had to. I think I actually bought it because I'm recommended to me, uh, and I've never spoken to that person again. Oh, so dear. avoid Francis Hart, Draft Day, Paul Blart's Mall Cop, and uh, be you'll be all right. Do yeah. not be tempted by these films. I've watched so many trousers thrillers on uh, Netflix. Trousers? Oh, is trousers rubbish? Trousers are not good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. a really... I like to watch a thriller about trousers. Trousers thriller. Who would be in it, though? Who would? Who could sell a thriller about trousers? have to be someone with a decent set of pins themselves for you to trust you them would never a, see the, a trousers vehicle. You, never, you, you don't need to see the legs, do you? Well, it depends on how tight the trousers are, of course. These days, I know. Well, I hate to say, I, I you could you set before. it in the twenties, and then it's uh, and they can wear a zoot suit, and it doesn't matter what their pins are like. I think I told you before. I went to uh, buy some jeans for my birthday this year, and um, I realised that I don't don't no longer understand jeans. What do you mean? Sk- there's skinny jeans which are basically tights. Yeah. Slim jeans which are or baggy tights, slightly bag or weird jeans. And I actually bought a pair of chinos. Chinos, yeah, you are wearing chinos. The first time I've moved into trousers now. Welcome to middle age. Yep, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's we're it. wearing uh, beige shirts before you can say massive well, ball slapping. If you want to wear boot cut jeans like me, Marek, uh, what I can recommend is buying them twenty years ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what you need to do. Um, they still do boot cut ones. Uh, yeah, but not. So much. You don't wear boots, do you? Uh, No, but I just don't. I don't want to be vacuum packed into my denim. Thanks. Mm, I don't want to be a piece of meat on display. I don't like it. Well, there we go. There's an insight into uh, something to think about. David Reed. Do you want to talk? We're going to talk about three films in a bit more detail. Oh, are we okay? Is that all right? Sure, sure. What's your first? My first one is an old classic, but it's a really good. a really enjoyable uh, prisoner film. Okay. You must have seen it. It's been on TV a million times, but it's on Netflix. And I think you might have... I, I, I watched it about two or three years ago, and I really enjoyed it. Escape from Alcatraz. Is this the Clint Eastwood yes, one? Yes, I don't believe I've seen it. It sort of feels as though it's... It's like a reverse The Rock, isn't it? Isn't yeah, that it's better the, than that, because it's actually based on a true... 
story of uh, an escape that took place. I've been to Alcatraz. I've done the tour. Have you? Yeah, yeah. I've done the tour, and they tell you all about. You get to see where the way did. Yeah, yeah. All of that. You Um, can see how things like the Shawshank Redemption have borrowed a bit from this, right? From the the film. When's it from? It was made in 1979. Okay. Uh, It's got uh, Clint Eastwood plays the hero, and Patrick McGoohan, who is in the Prisoner, Mm. plays. He's a brilliant, nasty. He's a fantastic actor. does he only play prisoners in prison? No, he's a prison, prison warden. Oh, what a twist! It has to be. It has to be prison related, of course. Um, and it's just uh, because it's a, whether it's a true story. Do you know it's a true story? It Those, I remember the, from see if it's this one because I remember the the story of there's one man who uh, managed to escape, or he managed to get down to the water, and they never heard from him again. So they don't know whether he survived the swim across the bay or not. Oh, this is three. This is um, three of them. Yes, three three men escaped, but one one was unaccounted for. I, I think, think they all were. Oh, oh really? No, I, I can't. Remember. It was a long. I was only nineteen when I went to Alcatraz, so I might have uh, forgotten the story a bit. There's also the Birdman. He's another man from Alcatraz, isn't he? The yes. Birdman of Alcatraz that there's a film of. I think. What was he? Was he a serial killer? Or something? No, he just he kept, kept with. Kept he was birth. really violent as well. Oh, was, was he? Yeah, okay. um, it's just a really enjoyable, solid film. You, you, I you, like you forget, a prison escape. You forget how it's something because it's basically like a bottle episode type of thing. Yeah, in, in a way, it's controlled. You're in the prison. But it's you know, also all the, like a heist. Yeah, it's a heist for your freedom, where the prize is your freedom, not a load of cash, and that's more exciting. Prison I think. Escape is always brilliant. It's really good. Um, the I mean it's TV, but the first series of Prison Break is exactly crack cocaine mm. for people who like prison escape stuff. But it, yeah, I'm trying to think of other films. I saw a futuristic prison escape film with Arnold Schwarzenegger and um, Sly Stallone in it recently. It was bollocks. <laughs> it was absolute bollocks. But um, I do like the genre. There was another one, a maxim, another sci-fi one. They don't work. Maybe that's well. There's one that's really weird. It was also on Netflix. What's that? The horror film, which is also a a very uh, my friend Paul Allen told me. It's a really great. It's called The Cube. Oh, Cube! Yeah, Cube. Cube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Possibly the the greatest bottle episode. Well, the greatest opening two minutes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's wonderful little pre-titles thing. Yeah, but But that is Cube is genius in that it's manages to turn one small set into an epic scale place simply by repetition and different lights, isn't it? It's a beautifully constructed we talked about film. Like, I talked about It Follows recently. Yeah. Films where the premise is so good that it almost carries the, yeah, the yeah. film. Yeah. And Q's watching just worth watching because it's just really rigid. Well, that's on Netflix. Familiar and, and original. There's another one in a similar genre of just good writing on a budget, which is Exam. It's not as good as Cube, but Exam I've talked about before where... Uh, people enter an exam room and it's for seemingly some sort of sinister high paid job and they're told uh, only one of them will get the job and uh, there's an armed guard on the door and if they leave that's it they're they're not allowed Jimmy Mystery's in it isn't he Uh, yes he is yeah but anyway they all turn their exam papers over and it's blank and they have to work out what what the challenge actually is now this is a bit like what you Um, said to me which is really interesting that our our listeners might be interested. These escape rooms that you were talking about. Can yeah. you tell people about these? Escape rooms. I did one for the first time uh, in Boston recently in America. What is it? An escape room is you um, 
you it's it's like a it's like a game uh, but a live action game so you and some friends go to this place and you're put in a room and they lock the door you're locked in there and you, you are, get killed you get slowly one by one killed uh, by rats mice you know sharp objects uh, no you you have to solve puzzles in order and there's a big clock on the wall ticking down and you have to try and solve a series of puzzles that lead to Ultimately, you know, they lead to codes that open uh, boxes and blah, 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 blah. Ultimately lead to a key to get out of the room before the timer's up. Otherwise, you lose. Um, incredible fun. Incredible fun. I'm doing another one on Wednesday in fa- and Thursday, in fact. So it's a bit like exam, but in exactly. real life. That's right. It's exactly like that. It's escape room. Escape room. Well, the, one company is called Escape Room, and they've got them around the world. And the one, there's, I'm doing one in London called Hint Hunt, which is on the a bit dodgy the way you can say that you can say that wrong hint hunt um yeah but no great fun um the guy pierce film the prison escape but he's escaping back in it's more like the rock aside from a film called lockout um which is okay it's a bit of a sort of high camp space romp really what is so strange is that guy pierce has started to occupy this character actor uh, portion of Hollywood where he's always flown in to play people who are totally unlike him yeah. whether he's playing a bizarre old man in Prometheus weird. or a really weird stereotypical geek in Iron Man 3 or whatever in this he plays Kurt Russell basically young Kurt Russell and he's brilliant at it yeah. he's so likeable and funny and he should just be doing that because he's so much better at it. Guy, get your agent on the phone. Yeah. Now. You could have been the new Chris Pratt. You know, Guy Pierce. You could have done it. Too old now, like the rest of us. Yeah. Anyway, if you haven't seen Escape from Alcatraz, I'm sure you have, but you can't go wrong with a nice... I just like a good 70s film. Yeah, yeah. I watch it. I, I do love a, an escape. Escape to Victory. That's an okay one. You always remember it being better than it is. Yeah, That's rubbish. Um, I've, I've looked through and... Uh, one that actually that surprised me that I've not even thought about for a long time on Netflix. Um, I'll go through a few. Is uh, looking at kids' films actually. I want to because um, you know some of our listeners might have kids or might you know want to uh, watch something a bit or have kids in the silly. future. They, they want to have kids. Yeah, uh, prepare to have kids by watching kids' films. Um, but two that um, I think got criminally overlooked because they came around at a time when Pixar was king and normal 2D Disney animation was just not really getting a look in. You know, it was post-Hunchback of Notre Dame. They stopped doing musicals and toy. it was all about Toy Story and The Incredibles and everything. One is Lilo and Stitch, which is actually a really, really good... The main character's really annoying, but is he not? Lilo, she's not. She's... Oh, she. Sorry, beg your pardon. Lilo is a, a little girl who befriends a... Oh, I'm talking about Stitch. Yeah. Stitch is an alien experiment. Specimen 626. He's been genetically engineered to be a weapon. A bit like... Uh, Iron Jurassic... Giant. Uh, Iron Giant, or um, Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, who we were talking about last week. Um, and anyway, he crash lands in Hawaii and befriends this little girl who's obsessed with uh, gross things and Elvis. And it's really good fun. And it's heartwarming and lovely. And then another one uh, around the sim- uh, same period from the same studio is uh, The Emperor's New Groove, that is basically The Emperor's New Clothes, but set in the Inca times, and is really funny. It's really, really good. But anyway... Um, 
one that I haven't seen in a long time, and I, I can't tell you whether it holds up, actually, but it's The Twelve Tasks of Asterix, which okay. I used to absolutely love Asterix books. I don't know if you I were a fan when you... Yeah. yeah, I had them all. I've got them all in the corner over there. Um, so formative for who I am and what I've ended up doing. But... Um, their films are actually really good, and this some of them anyway. And this is one of those films where I've never watched them, so I would like the book so much. Yeah, Asterix and the Banquet, Asterix and the Soothsayer. Yeah, Asterix goes to in Britain. There's a one of the films that's actually very good where Brian Blessed plays the um, Centurion, and Bill Oddie is Asterix. That weirdly works actually if you don't know who Bill Oddie is when you're a child, but. Uh, it, it's called Asterix and the Big Fight, but it is a mixture of the Big Fight and the Soothsayer stories. Oh, they really? mix them okay. together, and it's actually really, really good. But the Twelve Tasks of Asterix is based on the Hercules Twelve Tasks. Yeah. And there's some really scary bits in that film. Like, the one that stands out in my mind is where he has to... One of the tasks is he has to contend with this sort of building of bureaucracy, where he has to go around and get a pink slip but no he has to go down to a different room and he's going up and down stairs being sent around by this bureaucracy and ends up going mad what and was it's it made really frightening um i i couldn't tell you because i have look it up now the 12 tasks of asterix but it's um i assume it's the 80s but it might be the 90s did they make a whole load of them shush, shush, shush. yeah they've made a few i think they made in britain um 1976 76 oh, okay. a great year Great year, great year, um, but yeah, I, 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 I'd be interested to see if it holds up to my memory of it. That's all. But I used and that's to. That's on love Netflix. It. That's on Netflix. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to my next pick. Sure. What have you got? My next pick is an Argentinian thriller that won Oscar for best film in 2010 or something. Um... I, I didn't know that. I just I try and occasionally take, as you know, regular listeners, I like to take a punt on uh, foreign films. Uh, this is absolutely brilliant. Um, it's a sort of thri- it's a thriller about um, uh, there's this bloke, former sort of detective or counsellor, and he's retired and he's writing a novel. What's it called? The Secret in Their Eyes. He's writing a novel about an old case that wasn't really properly resolved and he's got this history where the, the, the chief of police so I can't, the problem is I can't I'll, I'll be honest my memory is fading fast um, and he's in love with his old uh, boss or something and all that comes up again and he looks over the old file and brings the case and thinks they've convicted the wrong person it's just a really great uh, foreign thriller exciting pacey brilliant acting Great script, even though it's all subtitled. Yeah. If you want a good thriller, don't be scared. We're going to some, some of the, I mean, the French shows are good ones, but this is a great. Uh, and just check it is Argentinian. I think it's Argentinian, somewhere around that way. Um, please watch it. It's great. You'll love it. All right. Um, there's some decent comedy horror on there. Interesting genre. Yes. Uh, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil being a favourite of ours that we've talked about before. Really excellent film. Um, Grabbers is one I wanted to talk about. Now, this is, I, you know, full disclosure, this is written by a friend of mine. But, oh, bloody hell. But um, it's an impressive feat to get a film made and be out there. And if you 
if you like comedy horror, this is a really fun one. I may have talked about it before. I, I have a feeling I have, but it would have been a long time ago now. Um, the setup is it's set on an Irish island. It's it's an Irish film. It's made with Irishmen, and uh, a alien monster that a blood sucking, killing, googly. Um, washes up on this island after an asteroid crashes in the sea and it starts killing people in this remote village, a bit like Father Ted with aliens. Well, what's the funny sound coming from the sea there, Sawtooth? So oh, it's a monster, <laughs> Um And they soon discover that uh, this thing won't attack you if your blood alcohol level is over a certain amount because it's toxic to it. So their plan is to... They have to wait until morning in order to get rescued. And their plan is to get as pissed as possible in the pub. But, of course, the drunker they get, the more ca- the, the less capable they get to do the sensible thing in fighting a monster. And they've got to see drunk acting. That must have been really hard. And the drunk acting is excellent. Oh, really? Good. Yeah, it's really good. But um, it's just a really fun... Uh, little monster movie, and it's a great premise, and it, it's it it's pulled off really, really well. I I really like it. I think it's a really fun film. You know, it's sort of comedy horror is a di- is a difficult genre because I don't. You can get very, very different films in that category. I think this one is sort of along the tone of like Gremlins or Tucker and Dale. I'd say it's sort of along that. It knows firmly what it is. But it's great fun. And the monster's actually good. It's a good new monster. You can get a lot of sort of... In the world of CGI, you get a lot of sort of generic things that are a bit like the alien or things that are a bit like Predator. This is a a brand new tentacled... And they're called grabbers because they they grab you. Um, Okay, cool. Well, my last one is one you've probably uh, heard of. It's... uh, It's basically... The, ga- the one that the Hunger Games ripped off completely. Battle Royale? Yeah, the Japanese yes. Battle Royale. Don't bother watching the Hunger Games. Watch this. It's got all the violence in it. It's properly horrible. It doesn't. They don't care about any of the characters. They just get killed, basically. The Japanese... Um, but it, it's it's a proper satire, isn't it, though, in that it, because it doesn't pull any punches in hyper-violence with children... Yeah, so it's, it's, really, it's something really horrific about it. But I think there's some sort of futuristic government... And they get all this class of kids, and they. I think the the survivor, whoever, the last person gets alive, a prize or something. But yeah. they all get random weapons. Is the wonderful thing. And so, if you want a better weapon, you have to try and kill someone with a better weapon to get it. Yeah. So, like one of the, I think, I think it's right. One of them only gets like a compass, <laughs> and this is like what they're supposed to do. Whereas others have got like shotguns or whatever. Yeah, it just it's, it's great. Really original and totally ripped off by the Hunger Games and this is much better and much more it should be really violent and really uh, uh, exciting and I think it's quite I'll be honest I can't I just I watched it I thought it was really good if you haven't seen it give it a go yeah alright well one I wanted to talk about because I saw it recently and I found it quite fascinating it was sort of a gap in a man's career that I hadn't been aware of before but I mean I was looking through comedies specifically and there's some there's some you know absolute classics in there but there's not much 
point talking about because everybody knows how good they are. You know, Airplane, you can watch. Naked Gun, you can watch. You know, um, there's there's absolutely loads on there. Priscilla Green of the Desert, Heathers. I haven't seen Heathers in years. Do you remember Heathers? I've never seen Heathers. Is it oh, worth watching? I remember it being great fun. I, again, I've not seen it whilst being an adult. But, um, it, yeah, Heathers is uh, Winona Ryder and Christian Slater in a high school being the weird kids, but they are properly, they, they go for it weird. Um, really good fun uh, that I remember. But the one I wanted to talk about was The Parole Officer. I love that film. Yeah. Now, this is Steve Coogan back when he was just turned... He'd just been a screen success and he was now uh, making a British comedy film uh, to try and break into Hollywood. As we all know, that didn't quite work out for him and he's come back and is now doing brilliant stuff on British TV again and even in British independent movies that are really, really good. But what's so interesting about this is it's so un-Steve Coogan. As yeah. a, a, the film itself is so sort of nice. It's of the genre. It, it feels nostalgic. It feels like... It's a bit like a continuation of the sort of uh, Hugh Grant era of films. Ish, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, but I would say it, all, it almost feels a bit sort of um, coming to America or trading places as yeah. well. It's a bit like that, mixed in with a bit of sort of um, full Monty uh, of the Britishness, of the sort of getting the gang together. And it's all quite... It's never truly violent or terrible or whatever. Uh, the premise of it is he is a parole officer and... He accidentally um, uh, becomes witness to some enormous police corruption and so gets framed for a crime and he has to heist the evidence out of a bank to clear his name and drop this guy in it. And in order to do that, he has to uh, approach the criminals he's been a parole officer for and convince them to turn back to a life of crime to help him do this I remember watching this because it couldn't get very good reviews did it and I no. watched it and I was hugely surprised because I, th- I thoroughly enjoyed it I thought it was it great really, yeah, it's, really it's good. a TV movie yeah. but it feels it feels like back to the era of like uh, Rick Moranis and John Candy films you know it feels just fun and if you're a fan of Game of Thrones, it's very weird that his love interest is Cersei Lannister, as in Lena Headey, who's in Dread and all sorts of stuff. But she is just playing the smiley, uh, sexy police officer lady, and she's brilliant at it. And even more weird, I, you, I don't think you watch Game of Thrones, do you? So you yeah, probably do. Don't... Do, 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 do. The really, really good villain, like the incredibly charismatic, absolute bastard... Uh, with a glint in his eye and a smile, Who? plays the Irish guy. Uh, no, he plays uh, Stannis Baratheon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Who great. is the most sort of stoic, boring? It's not boring, but you know what I mean. Just sort of like plain character, never cracks a smile ever. And he, this actor, has done is really good in it. Yeah. Um, I, I thought you know, it's not, it's not a classic film, but it, I think it's possibly Coogan's best film. If, if you know what I mean. Alpha Papa. Alpha Papa's good, but it's patchy. I really enjoyed I don't the think product, Partri- yeah. I, I really liked Alpha Papa for some of the sketches in it, if you know what I mean. I don't think it works as a film because Alan Partridge wants to be in a Bond film so much. That's what's tragic about him. And as soon as the stakes get risen for Alan Partridge, it, I, 
I think it's a bit odd. Yeah. There's something that doesn't work for me. There's some really good jokes in it. There's some really good sequences. The story didn't work for me. I think Parole Officer, as a piece, works. Yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed it. A great yeah. choice. Well, should we finish off with some letters? Um, sure. Guess who's... Uh... Chris Webb. Well, someone's written in about an old episode, but that's too old. Uh, what number? 87. That's oh a few years God, ago. That's over 100 episodes mod, ago. I've got no memory of that. Um, <laughs> 100 weeks ago. That's two years. Um, okay. This is Chris Webb. He says, try the Welsh accent again, please. Right. Dear David, Marek and Buddy the Dark. You didn't put that. You just put Buddy. I'll stop putting words in your mouth, Chris Webb. After hearing your cry for help in your last podcast, I thought I'd better write in. What sort of obsessed superfan would I be otherwise? We all claim to be big fans of cinema. As such, there's a certain level of expectation that we have seen all of the important films we're supposed to have watched. Those ones we know are classics that we compare all others to. But have we actually seen them? For example, I reckon I'm a right smart-ass, know it all about movies, but I confess I haven't seen 2001, Apocalypse Now, A Clockwork Orange, or Taxi Driver. Dickhead. Well, I mean, come on, Chris Webb. I will do my best to right these cinematic wrongs. So come on, chaps, this is your opportunity to confess your unseen classics too. What haven't you seen that you know you should have, if you want to retain your strokey beardy film status? Don't think we've got that. Carrying on themes from previous mails, my recommendation for a film that's not so that's so bad it's good, you can't go wrong with for your height only. A very low budget Filipino spy movie featuring a dwarf called Wang Wang. The dubbing is dreadful, making it one of the funniest things I've ever seen. To be honest, I'm not sure if it's intentionally bad or not. Either way, well worth seeking out. Finally, another good film with the word blue in the title. Out of the Blue is a New Zealand thriller-slash-drama from 2006 that tells the true-life story of a crazed gunman attacking the tiny South Island town of Aramona, pronounced Aramuana, Aramuana, gripping and heartbreaking with a brilliant performance by Matthew Sutherland as gunman David Gray. No, not that one. This is a 10-Chris film. Hope you're enjoying your British summer and keep watching the films. Lots of love, Chris Webb. Okay, so... Uh, Were you Carrie and... You haven't seen Carrie, have you? you really? Yeah, I have now. I have now. Oh, the original? Yeah, yeah, I saw the original. I've Psycho, the, you yeah. watched I've the other one. I've still not watched Psycho, the original Psycho. Uh, how about you? What have you... Uh, I'm just trying to look at... Um, I have not seen Battleship Potemkin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's an absolute classic, is it? It is one of... Everyone goes on about Battleship Potemkin. I'm just going to go... For the top 250. The reason I uh, haven't seen the films is that I always forget uh, that I'm supposed to, to watch it. Uh, we're just looking through. Okay, we'll go down, we'll, we'll count down from uh, number one and see who's who's not seen the highest rated film. We're just scrolling down now. I've okay. seen 12. You've seen 12 I've Angry not Men? seen 12 Angry Men. There you go, at number, number seven. Number seven rated film. Yeah. I can't believe Lord of the Rings is at number nine. Have you seen The Good, Bad and the Ugly? Yes. Well, you've seen all the Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah. It's at nine, eleven and twelve. I have seen Seven Samurai. Have you seen that? Yes. I'm all the way there. I'm still... I'm still... Still I've going strong. I've all of the top... I've not seen Interstellar. I've still not what? seen Interstellar. No, no, no. It didn't, it didn't look very interesting. Once upon a time in the West, I yeah, thought yeah, that was pretty great. boring. Casablanca's good. Yeah. 
City Lights. Have we, did we review City Charlie Lights? Charlie Chaplin, no. We we did Modern Times, not City so Lights. So that's my first one. Number 34, City, City Lights. Lights, I haven't seen from the top 250. It's a really good game. We watched Modern Times. There we, we go, yeah. Mad Max Fury Road's made it in at number 40. Well, that's, that's my first incredible. one I haven't seen. Mad Max Fury, Fury Road. Road out of the top I'm doing really 50, well. Yeah, out of the top 50 there. The pianist I hope didn't watch either because I didn't like Adrian yeah. Brody. I don't really like him. I'm uh, doing really well with this. I've only two, uh, two of these. Sunset are... Boulevard. you seen Sunset yeah. Boulevard? That's a great film. It is a great film. Uh, uh, the Great Dictator. It's another Chaplin film. Another Basically, Chaplin. Chaplin screwing me on this. Paths of Glory. I've not seen that. Yeah. Have you seen it? Nope. No, I've seen all these others, but no, not that. Grave of the Fireflies, we both watched. That. You did, didn't you? North by Northwest, Citizen Kane, but go. I think I've seen bits of Princess Man. I've not seen M. M, no, not Fritz seen M. Fritz Lang one. Yeah. You've seen Das Boot. Uh, yes. Witness for the Prosecution. I've not even no, heard of that. Never heard of it. Billy Nin- Wilder. 1957. Play, yeah. play this at home. It's, oh, here we go. Here's my big one. I've not, not seen the whole of Lawrence of Arabia. I mean, it is a long film, but that is that is probably uh, a faux pas on your on your part. Bicycle Thieves, I've not watched. You said it's very yeah. good. Um, All About Eve, I've not seen. Okay. And The Kid, I've not seen. And number 100, The Apartment. I've seen, yeah, I've seen... Is that uh, good? I've seen half of it. Jack Lemmon, Shirley MacLaine. So about six out of the top 100. Lawrence Arabi is my big one then that I should have, I should really... And Psycho is mine. Okay. Well, well there we go. That's, that's your, that was quite a good game. So why not go through the RMD top 100 and see how much of a loser you are? Or a winner, a winner, sorry, a winner. A winner, a winner. I, I would say uh, whatever, whatever ranking... The fir- if you count from number one, whatever ranking the uh, the first film you've not seen is, that's your score. I think Chaplin. I think it should be a number one. Chaplin's going to undo a lot of people. I think. Yeah. Although lots of people have seen his films, you know they're very popular still. Yeah, I've probably seen bits of them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, anyway, we'll just finish off on a letter from James Childs. Okay. Do you want to read that? Yeah. In case this gets read, Fraxton Persons was born in London. Grew up near Swindon and lived my entire adult life in Scotland. So, sort of a Cockney Scot. Um, I can't do Scottish. Um, okay. I'm trying to think where that is in, um, if you take all those places, whereabouts it would be, that, that equidistant place. Well, it's York. York, York. I'll do Yorkshire then. <laughs> you might David and Buddy. Is that Yorkshire? It's bit close bit enough. Following your recent discussion, I liked Marek's general dislike of musicals. I thought, given his love of documentary, that perhaps a documentary about a musical might make a refreshing change. Therefore, I would like to recommend Broadway Idiot, a documentary about the staging of a Broadway version of a musical based on Green Day album American Idiot. Wow. It's something of a puff piece. Puff piece, sorry, not puff piece. So I've got mixed up. <laughs> this is me stepping out of it now. Oh, this, well, basically, is it? It's something of a puff. puff it's something of a puff piece <laughs> with a quite high lovey count. I mean, that second bit of that sentence really ruins the first bit, yeah. especially with the accent. But I think it gives a quite an interesting look behind the scenes of the process of bringing together a musical and has some added interest as it requires the buy in of Green Day before the production can go ahead. Obviously, it helps if you're a fan of Green Day or at least this album, but I think it stands alone as a solid piece of interesting filmmaking. Anyway, 
I really like it and thought it might bridge the gap between David's love of musicals and Marek's love of documentary. Keep watching the films. James Charles. P.S. One of my favourite documentaries is I Like Killing Flies, which I don't think you've ever mentioned. It's a great character piece about a deli owner in New York who's abrasive, mercurial, passionate and a local legend. Thank you very much, James. Thank you. Um, Are you a Green Day fan? No. No. Um, I, I, you know, like some of their tracks. Um, I, uh, I've played some in my band when I was like 11 years old. Oh, something. really? Yeah, well, you know, everyone did back then, you know, played uh, probably um, uh, Basket Case. You know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Have you got any interest in seeing seeing a documentary about a musical? Well, I'll give it a try, I forgot. I'll give it a try. Yeah, I don't I'm remember professing playing. my love for musicals. I think he's doing a certain amount of interpretation. David loves musicals. I love musicals. Oh, David loves musicals. What are you doing tonight, David? Going to watch a musical, I bet. Yeah, well, I th- I, I'm either going to watch one or I'm just going to uh, prance around the living room pretending I'm in one. Oh, I loved it. This is really... That, that's, that is borderline. No, camp. Oh, OK. Um, I'm too busy playing Volksball, my new sport... Big macho. Yeah. <laughs> Where did that come from? I just wanted to plug it. I, I realized, just wanted to know I'm really, really tough. I realise I haven't plugged my new sport for a while. And yeah. It's cost me loads of money, so um, why not sure buy do. a basketball t-shirt? But if you want to... That's the end of the podcast, but if you want to donate to help the podcast that was really gratefully received... Go but, to filmfandango.co.uk and follow the links from there. And if you'd like to write to us like uh, everybody has, then dearfilmfandango at gmail.com is the place to write to. We will be back next week. Keep watching the films. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.